Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. Hey, good morning. So, I'm going to read to you. This is going to be a little bit different than I'm even used to. So, I'm really relying upon the power of the Holy Spirit to make his word come alive to us today. Um, And the the topic this morning is redeeming love, okay? God's redeeming love. And I'm just going to jump right on in. Do you guys mind if I just jump into scripture today? I'm ready. I'm just ready to go. We're going to be taking a look at a minor prophet today. But this minor prophet did some major things in the kingdom of God. And this minor prophet is not someone that we typically hear about on a Sunday morning. It's not one that we, um, it's not, it's not the 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 easiest story to hear it's not the one that makes you feel all googly and goosey bumpy on the insides okay but this is a story of god's redeeming love it's about hosea and if you know anything about the book of hosea hosea was a man called by god to do something pretty outlandish says in hosea starting in chapter one Hosea chapter one, starting in verse two, when the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, what Hosea was, he was a prophet. He was a prophet specifically geared toward the people of Israel. He said to him, God said to him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how God has acted like a prostitute, or how Israel has acted like a prostitute, turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So Hosea married Gomer. All right, let's just stop right there. Hello. Wowzers. A story of a man called to marry a prostitute. Hosea the prophet was to go to marry this woman of the cloth, a prostitute, a whore, if you will. Why would God call Hosea to do something so crazy, something so outlandish? Wouldn't he have been better equipped for his ministry as a prophet? Okay, so the ministry of a prophet, God gave prophets this great revelation and they shared it with the people of Israel. Wouldn't if he had been more equipped, wouldn't his ministry had been even more powerful with, say, a righteous gal? Okay, but no, God is using this story. God is using this illustration to teach a lesson of his great commitment to his people, namely the people of Israel, okay? Now, I know some of you might have been like, mute whenever I said the word whore, or your ears might have perked up like, ooh, what's she gonna talk about today? Okay, whatever. But you know what? As harsh as it sounds, it is the most accurate way to describe Gomer because she did just that. She slept with men for money. But this, this, these words are also used to describe the condition of Israel at that time as well. They were a mess. They had fallen hard from God. They forgot that God was the one who brought them out of Egypt and led them through the wilderness who brought down manna from heaven to feed them. They forgot that he brought water from a rock to sustain all of their needs. And now they were living fat. They were living in, in wealth. They were rolling in the dough, if you will. And they forgot God. 
So they prostituted themselves to the ways of the world. They allowed the ways of the world to envelop them and take them over. But they had fallen hard from God, and God is desperate for them to come back by using this dramatic picture of his love. You know what? We live in this Gomer culture today. We live in this Gomer culture, just as the Israelites did. So whenever we want to see the blessings of God, but we refuse to surrender wholeheartedly to him, we want to roll in the dough. We want to see all the blessings and allow the Holy Spirit to reign on us, but we refuse to surrender our lives to him. We want to revel in our sin and yet still be in God's will. And it can't be. If you've ever read the Bible, you know that his word is used for encouragement and it's used for instruction and challenge. I don't know about you, but I often find myself selling myself short of the call that he has on my life. I allow the idols in my life to take his rightful place. I allow things like a career. I allow things like a relationship. I allow things like a dream. My kids even. Those are all great things, but I allow them to get before my relationship with Jesus. He's calling us back. I am Gomer. We are Gomer. You are Gomer. None of us here are without sin. We've all turned away from God at some point in our lives, and we've pursued those other loves. We've pursued those other things, those other idols, money, happiness, thinking that they're going to solve all of the world's problems. But even in that, God loved us. He pursued us, and he gave his life for us. As we read the story of Hosea and Gomer and understand how it parallels God's relationship with Israel, okay, so we see this relationship with Israel. Israel is simply that, that um, prophetic future of us. Jesus and his redeeming love for us. We can see that in Hosea. If you read it, it's one of those most beautiful stories. I can't help but think as, as, I, look, as I look at his prophetic future that, that he has with Jesus, our ultimate redeemer, I can't help but think about all the ways that God has loved me and protected me despite my sinful, sordid past and my propensity to turn my attention from him and to rely upon those other things. That's the hard part, but it gets better. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that, that you are our redeemer. That although we live in a Gomer society and we ourselves are Gomers from time to time, that you call us back. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for buying and purchasing our, our lives on Calvary so that we could have freedom. We love you and we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to take this snapshot view, a bird's eye view of the book of Hosea, okay? So 
you will see here, um, forgive me if you will, for just a couple of minutes. Um, The last couple of months I've been teaching fourth graders. And so they kind of go like this a lot or they're like poking each other. So if you do that, I'm totally cool with it. You know, it's completely fine. So um, feel free to just smile a little bit. You know, it's okay to enjoy the presence of the Lord. But as we look today at God's word, I want us to realize this tug of war. In fact, this was a this was a little lesson that I did in um, in fourth grade. We were talking about that that convincing and persuasion, and we were doing this tug of war. Oh, so should Mrs. Fowler take? Jess, Jess had a cat that used it. it. Just fit really well into this lesson that I used at school. Should Mrs. Fowler get this cat, or should she be satisfied with her dog? What do you think? And so they wrote down on a sticky note three reasons why, if they thought I should get that cat, three reasons why I should take Jess's kitten. And they put it up on the board. And then, and then there were some other really good dog lovers. They they loved that that dog. They love Rosie. They love seeing pictures of Rosie and hearing all these crazy crazy Rosie stories. And so they put those three things down on on the sticky note over here for the rosy side and there's this tug of war that kind of occurred with that no this no that no the cat no the dog is great and you know what we see this throughout the book of Hosea we see this tug of war nature that happens where where Gomer goes away she she does some inappropriate things and Hosea calls her back and then she wants to go again and then Hosea calls her back and then she goes again and then Hosea calls her back this is how we also behave don't we don't we turn our backs on God and then he woos us back to him don't we sometimes just say God this is just too tough I can't take it anymore and then he just woos us back to him he's so good like that and you'll see this through the book of Hosea as we take a look at it but I wanted to start here so we already know that Hosea the prophet of God was told to marry Gomer, a prostitute. And you know what? In my mind, this would have been a perfect Cinderella story. This would have been a perfect Cinderella kind of story where if she just had would marry, have married Hosea, changed her ways, raised her children, and was satisfied with all the incredible blessings God had given her despite her sordid past, if she would just have been okay with that if she would just would have been content and satisfied don't you just want to kick her like what's wrong with you like this guy he's like fantastic he took you out of bondage out of slavery out of out of selling yourself short and you want to go back to it what's wrong with you she didn't though she wanted to go back to prostitution she wanted to go back to selling herself short after having three kids, after after having this wonderful man take her in, this man of God. But she willingly longed for the sinful life that she had before being rescued from this. Ah, I just want to kick her. But she went back. She went back to it all. What should have Hosea's response have been? What would your reaction have been? It's one of those hard questions. Hosea brought her back. I love Hosea. It's just a beautiful picture. She's being sold on a block to the highest bidder. Her husband has to go and buy her back. 
chapter 3 of Hosea, starting in verse 1. She's up on the block. Then the Lord said to me, go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with with another lover, because this will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. Verse two, so I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. He bought her back. He didn't have to, but he did. He bought her back. To bring this to just come to life a little bit. I can paint a picture, but I know we live in a very visual society. And Tammy's going to get ready a, a video. This is the part four of a modern Hosea story. You will see Hosea. He's going to be our person starting off. He's struggling with this task. And you'll see flashbacks. You'll see flashbacks of the Gomer. You'll see flashbacks of her being arrested, taken away. What will he do? How do you could play that?
Don't you want to say, take the ring? What's wrong with you? Take it. So Gomer left her husband and her children to go back to prostitution. She left her ring. She left it all. But what was Hosea's response? Redemption. He paid to get her back. But you know what? Not only does Hosea have this choice to make, to respond to her, but Gomer does as well. Will she accept the love of Hosea? And if you take a look in, the, in that future prediction, that future, future prophetic picture of us and Jesus, will we accept the love of Jesus. Now there is just so much more packed into this book of Hosea because remember this book is so much more than just a love story between two people. It's a reminder of God's love for Israel and that future picture of his redeeming love for the world in Jesus. Okay. So in the book of Hosea between the chapter three and chapter 10 and stuff, there's, there's that list of offenses and, and punishments for Israel, the call to repentance, the, 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 the time that Israel reaps the consequences of their unrepentance. There's that, again, that tug of war that occurs. Israel, Gomer or me, you know, no, I want to sin. God, please don't sin. Gomer, No, you will find yourself in bondage. Oh no, I'm in bondage. Come and save me. I absolutely will. I've been here the entire time. You'll see this kind of tug of war take place in the book of Hosea. But you know what, Hosea, I'm going to jump to to chapter 10 of Hosea in verse 12 because this what he wants to point this picture and what I think God is saying to us is that when we surrender to him, when we offer our hearts wholeheartedly to him in chapter 10, verse 12, you will know the great blessings of the Lord when we follow him with our whole hearts. Hosea 10, 12 says this, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. But doesn't it take a little bit of work to harvest? Doesn't it take some time to plant those seeds? Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower his righteousness on you. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes that time. Yes, we absolutely can accept God's love. But it's that time where we need to plow up that hard soil of our hearts and allow the softness of the Holy Spirit to come in and allow him to change us and to mold us to the people that he's called us to be. And Hosea 11, I love this picture of God's fatherly kindness. And this is exactly what God has done for us. Would you, would you just parallel yourself with this? Would you take a really close look at to what God has done in your life? Would you take this moment to remember where he has brought you from? As we read Hosea 11, when Israel was a child, now this is God talking about the people of Israel. When Israel was a child, I loved him as a people. I called him out of Egypt, but the more I called to him, the farther he moved from me. Offering sacrifices to the images of Baal and burning incense to, uh, to idols. I taught, my, I taught myself, I taught myself, taught Israel how to walk, leading him along by the hand. But he doesn't even know or even care that it was I who took care of him. 
I led Israel along with my ropes of kindness and love. I lifted the yoke from my neck and I stooped to feed him. Do you sense that intense love here? Moms, don't we love our kids as unto death? When we, we taught them how to walk, how to, how to feed themselves, how to clothe, and, and then, they, then they grow up. Then they make choices. Wouldn't you give your life for those cute little stinkers? Those that we have loved, that we've fed, that we've nursed through life's disappointments, through life's victories. Just think of that. Now intensify, intensify that love. How much more does our heavenly father love you and then desire to woo you back? Don't forget what God has done. What Hosea 13, four through six says, I have been the Lord your God ever since I have brought you out of Egypt, ever since I have brought you out of bondage, ever since I have brought you out of the miry clay. You must acknowledge no God but me, for there is no other savior. I took care of you in the wilderness, in that dry and thirsty land, but when you had eaten and were satisfied, you became proud and forgot me. Wowzers. But you know what? It just gets good because although we do this, although we have found ourselves in this Hosea, this Gomer culture, this Gomer mindset from time to time, there is a promise to the faithful. For those who are found faithful, Hosea gives a promise in in chapter 14. The Lord says, so maybe you found yourself here, but the Lord says this, would you soak this in? Then I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Israel will blossom like the lily. Now, put your name in there instead of Israel. I will be to Krista like a refreshing dew from heaven. Krista will blossom like the lily. Put your name there. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive trees, as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. My people, you, will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. Oh, Israel, stay away from idols. Oh, Krista, stay away from idols. Oh, people, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like that tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me. Just as Hosea, or just as Gomer was undeserving of Hosea's love, Israel was undeserving of God's love. Just as Hosea was dedicated to his unfaithful bride, God was also committed to his wayward bride, Israel. And God's love never took a back seat or shriveled up in response to that cold shoulder that he often got and still gets today. 
But you know what? This is the great truth that God's grace, it extends to everyone, even the rogues, even the exiles, even the ones who seem the furthest away from him. It's not only for the good or those that are trying to be good. And even when we are unfaithful, God's grace is still available. You know what? I love this in Matthew 18, where it talks about the parable of the lost sheep. The parable of the lost sheep is probably one of the greatest pictures of God's intense love for us. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Now, this is Jesus talking. He's talking to his disciples saying, what will he do with that? Well, of course, he wouldn't care for that. Absolutely not. That shepherd would not. Won't he leave the 99 others on the hill and go and search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly father's will that not even one of these little ones, none of his children should perish. When we do wander away, though, his grace pulls us back. Our struggles, though, the one one sheep that walks away, he has to struggle to walk away. He's got to intentionally get out and wander away. But our struggles in that, let's allow that instead of allowing us to wallow in it, let us lead lead us to surrender. Our struggles should lead to surrender. I am Gomer. You are Gomer. We all are Gomer. But just knowing that is not enough. He bought us on Calvary. He paid for our life with his blood. And he has done all of that for you and for me so that we can live victoriously for him and not wallow in that any longer. Now, this morning, I do have a gift for women, and normally we do the gift cards. I'm going to make it easy today. Normally, we have gift cards, and you could go and get your treats, and it's so much fun. And I know I've been a tad bit risque today. I apologize for my risqueness, but you know what? And anyone who says that the word of God is not fun, is not exciting, has never read the book of Hosea before, or for most of the Old Testament for that matter. But this morning, what I wanted to give to, to, give to women today, now, again, I'm going to warn you that this is a PG-13 kind of gift, okay, because it is a modern retelling of the book of Hosea, but it's a beautiful picture when you get to the end, because it's not so beautiful to start off with. But it's a beautiful picture of God's intense love for us. You know, it's a story that I I love. I I read this book probably about 10 years ago, and it's one that I will always recommend to those who, who struggle with their worth who struggle with knowing whether or not God loves them despite the the mistakes that they have made. And, you know, this is sometimes the, 
the Bible is a great, is God's word and it's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, but it can be sometimes difficult to get that into our mind's eye from time to time. And, and this book, especially with the book of Hosea, is, is a great resource. And in fact, I'm putting this here so that whenever we comes to our, our study in the fall, you already have your book. Okay, <laughs> so we kind of just and and it's going to be different and and one of the, one of the biggest reasons why I chose this today is because I think that it doesn't matter how long you've been sitting in a pew, it doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus, it doesn't matter if you've known him just yesterday. We all struggle with this from time to time. We all struggle, and I'm going to tell you that I'll be the first to say that I do as well. Sometimes we allow those things of the world to engulf us and to take us over and sometimes it's hard to fully surrender to him but would you know that today that the lord wants to do a work in you we live in a gomer culture today but we don't have to dwell there we can abide under the shelter of the almighty and be raised up to life in him and we don't have to live there how can you be a gomer in, in, in a how can you be Hosea in a gomer world? It's by surrendering your heart to Jesus and allowing him to do that. This morning we're going to allow women to come up. I'm going to give you this gift and pray over you this morning. And and I have a video that I, we're just going to share. It's it's a song that I think fits so well with this. And the girls, they hijacked my song. My girls hijacked the song last week. And, but they had heard me just singing it at home, and they just really just reveled in it themselves. And, you know, it's about the reckless love of God. And God's love is not, not happenstance or anything like that. And I don't want you to get that from the word reckless. That just means it's wild and without abandon. God's love, it extends to everything. It will leave the 99 sheep to rescue the one that is lost that is the reckless love of god he will definitely do that so as this video plays would you come today as we pray over you and just if there's something that you're specifically struggling with today please let me know and we will stand around you and lift you up with that so go ahead tammy you could play that thank you so much and ladies come i want to bless you this morning
we sense it today, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. He is so good. He is so faithful. today to know the reckless, incredible love of God. And as you read through this book, it's not scripture, but it, it is taken from scripture. Would you also take a look at it in context of the book of Hosea? Read Hosea. Read that book. Allow it to dwell in your hearts and just to know the overwhelming love of Jesus that will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But he does ask us to be fruitful. We live in that Gomer society, just as the Israelites did, but we can choose to be a Hosea. We can choose to be the ones who take back. Hosea 14 says this, I will heal you of your faithlessness. My love will know no bounds, for my anger will be gone forever. I will be to... Brenda, Marsha, Donna, like a refreshing dew from heaven. Evelyn, Cindy, Lisa. Will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars in Lebanon. Its branches will spread out like beautiful olive leaves as fragrant as the cedars of Lebanon. Sherry, Tammy, will again live under my shade. They will flourish like grain and blossom like grapevines. They will be as fragrant as the wines of Lebanon. Oh, all of us, stay away from idols. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I am like the tree that is always green. All your fruit comes from me you know that today his redeeming love is big enough to capture you and keep you lord we love you and we thank you today for your incredible word we thank you lord for each of these women i know i missed two praying for them i'm so sorry jess and tammy lord would you just bless them in the name of jesus would you allow your holy spirit to now leave with them and reside in them. Lord, may this not just be a time in which we heard a feel-good kind of thing and we'll forget about it tomorrow. But God, would you just allow your Holy Spirit to bring back to remembrance this time in which you change our hearts and those hearts that were once divided will now be wholehearted in devotion to you, Jesus. We love you, and we thank you for all that you've done and for all that you will continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you. Have a lovely rest of your day.